0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times.
1: It's time! Okay, so maybe not the best Bruce Buffer impersonation, but in any case, the UFC is back in Singapore after three years, uh, bigger than ever with the UFC 275 event at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. And who better than the UFC president himself, Dana White, to talk about the pay-per-view event and what else fans in Singapore and Asia can look forward to. He even gives us an update about Conor McGregor. Hello, Dina, and uh, thank you for taking the time uh, out of your busy schedule to, to speak to us.
0: Uh, thanks for having me.
1: So, you know, it's, it's great to have the UFC back uh, in Singapore and, and bigger than ever uh, with the UFC 275 uh, pay-per-view. Uh, can you tell us how the UFC arrived at the decision to, to turn Fight Night Singapore into a pay-per-view event?
0: Well, obviously, look at the card, number one. Uh, and number two... We've been waiting for a long time to get back into Asia, and um, you know, with our first card back, we had to come back with a bang. And and, and what gives uh, the UFC that
1: that confidence? You know, that that you know, the, a pay-per-view format in Singapore would work. You know, you, obviously, you've had a few events here, uh, Fight Night Singapore's had a couple of big fights, but this is you know, like I said, bigger and better than than anything you've done yeah. before.
0: The, the pay-per-view format works everywhere in the world. I mm. mean, when we when we bring a pay-per-view, it means we're bringing you the best card available, you know, at that time. So, uh, you know, that model works everywhere in the world. Can you share if it's a sellout? Uh, we've heard that it, could, it is a sellout. You know, Kevin has been a bit, uh, you know, uh, tight-lipped on it. It is a sellout. I'm never tight-lipped about anything. It's a sellout. Yeah, it's our, I think it's our 16th consecutive sellout.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. And, and you mentioned, you know, it, it is the biggest and best card that, that the UFC can put on. You know, when the, the, when the fights were starting to sort of like trickle out and, and, and words started to get out, you know, we, we had Glover, Valentina, uh, Robert Whitaker at first. And then, you know, we, get, we got Whaley and, and Joanna. I was like, right. you know, I was like, I was blown away. And, and I sort of knew that, you know, it was going to be a, a pay-per-view. And, and instead of, a, you know, a fight night event, it's a
0: pretty freaking strong card. Huh? You know, which uh, fight in particular are you looking forward to? Yeah, Barry. I mean, it, it's hard not to look forward to the top three fights. Ioannio Jacek versus Li Zhang is one of the greatest fights to ever happen in the history of combat sports. So to be able to do that fight again and the winner gets a shot at Carla his title, obviously it's hard to not be excited for that. Um, Valentina Shevchenko is one of the greatest female fighters of all time. And the problem with this fight is a lot of people don't realize what a threat santos really is to her title this mm-hmm. girl is 19 and one she's got 13 finishes she's got 10 knockouts this woman has knocked out 10 other women and submitted three you know she's on a four fight win streak this is a very tough fight and if valentina shevchenko runs through her the way she has everybody else wow and that you know what i mean it's going to be very impressive mm-hmm. and obviously the main event styles make fights Glover Teixeira, who has big power isn't afraid to stand and trade, is probably going to want to get this fight to the ground as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, Yuri's ranked number two in the world, 96% finish rate. This guy has 23 first-round finishes, 25 wins by knockout, two by submission. Those are the tough, you know, the first three fights that popped to mind. But, you know, Fialo is the kid that I really like. He loves to turn around. He loves to fight a lot. So I put him on this card in Singapore versus Jake Matthews. That's a fun fight for me personally, too. Okay, so obviously,
1: like like you mentioned, a lot of fun, uh, interesting fights, a lot of big fights, and you know, obviously a, a very special event that, that's going to take place here in Singapore. What does it speak of the UFC's uh, ambitions and, and commitment to, to Singapore and to Asia uh, to
0: put on this type of show? Yeah, we've been very committed to doing this. And obviously, we like to put on big fights and great destinations. And Singapore is one of the great destinations in this world. Yeah, kind of a no-brainer for us. And, and you
1: know, obviously it's, it's also a big move uh, for the UFC coming out of the pandemic to sort of like try and get some normalcy going and back into this part of the world. Um, Amen. How, has, how has the UFC had to adjust its strategies for, for Asia and for outside uh, the States, uh, you know, given the challenges presented by, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, China closing on borders and stuff like this? Yeah, we haven't really
0: adjusted what we're doing. It's pretty simple, our game plan. The places that are the easiest to do business in and allow us to, to come in and run our business are the places that we're going to go. Uh, Singapore was very, very good to work with. And, uh, and here we are. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode.
1: Now back to our conversation with UFC President Dana White. You know, talking about Asia, the Shanghai Performance Institute, you know, obviously was was a way for the UFC to develop uh, stars uh, in in Asia. You know, obviously a couple of speed bumps here and there. But generally, how has that been progressing? Has it been going the way you you envisioned it? Well,
0: I mean, if you want to talk about UFC's commitment to Asia, that was, you know, that that, that was was the tell-all right there. I mean, the fact that we were willing to invest that kind of money and, and, and build that there... And yes, it's, it's, it's been instrumental in, in helping us, uh, you know, start to grow and cultivate talent. And I plan on opening more of those around the world and, and uh, continuing to move the UFC around and doing these big events in, in all these different countries. It's going to be our first time going to France uh, here this year. I've been talking a lot about Africa and we're going to continue to move throughout Asia and build and build talent.
1: Uh, another way you, you you look to build talent, of course, is uh, I think the, the road to, to UFC 275, road to Singapore. Um, it's almost like an Asian Ultimate Fighter. Will this be an ongoing series for, for future UFC Singapore events or, or is this a, yeah. sort of like a one-off for now?
0: Yeah, no, th- listen, this is us dipping our big toe into it and seeing how this format works. And if people like it, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Contender Series meets the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and this thing will air on television. People will be able to to tune in and see the Asian talent fight. And then we'll figure out where the semifinals are and schedule that later on in 2022. So do you see
1: fighters from Asia, particularly, you know, maybe the men, you know, we, we have Whaley, you know, in the, in the women's category, but do you see the men from Asia bridging that gap between them and, and the world's, you know, top fighters? How long do you think it'll take? And, and what do you think it will take?
0: 100%. I mean, if you look at what we've done globally, uh, and probably th- the best example I could give you, is Australia. Mm. If you look at what's happened in Australia in the last 20 years, we had Elvis Cenisic coming out of Australia. Now we have unbelievable talent, multiple world champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we always say this, but it's true too. You know, there's over a billion people, you know, just in China. And if you look at what's going on throughout Asia and the martial arts culture that you guys have had for, I don't know, thousand centuries. thousand years. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's just, it's it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, talking about the top fighters, uh,
1: can you give us an idea uh, on when John Jones and, and Conor McGregor will return to the octagon? You know, we've heard Stipe, we've heard Nate Diaz, we've heard uh, Michael Chandler. Any any sort
0: of clue you can, you can drop or, or anything in well, the works? I'm hoping for John Jones in the fall, and I'm hoping for Conor late end of this year, early next year. Lastly, looking even
1: further into your crystal ball, you know, obviously the UFC is already one of the biggest brands in the world period. In five years' time, where do you see the UFC, you know, vis-a-vis in Asia, you know, vis-a-vis what what boxing is doing and and everything like that?
0: Yeah, in five years, I see us in these countries that I told you I'm excited to go to and haven't been to yet, obviously. And then, um, yeah, I I see us having a much stronger, uh, being a much stronger brand in Asia. Uh, over the next five years uh, in Africa, in India, and, and, and many of these other uh, countries around the world. All right, Dana, thank you so much. Uh, that's all the questions we have for you. I know you
1: won't be in Singapore uh, this year because it's your son's uh, birthday, I think. Uh, yeah, but you My know, son's 21st birthday this weekend. But hopefully we will see you and host and, and we'll you in one of the future uh, UFC Singapore events. Believe me when I tell you, I can't wait to come.